0: hello everyone welcome back to cdcr unlocked today's episode we're going to be changing it up a little bit and we're going to be going over a training that is coming out to staff in 2024. the program is heroes active by standardship main purpose for doing this is to educate staff on a future training class that they're going to be participating in and going through as well kind of going over the history of how it started where it developed from, and how we plan to implement it inside of our institutions and throughout our you know, vast arrays of different um, programs that we offer throughout the state of California. Uh, joining me today is Captain Jeremy Brown.
1: Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Jeremy Brown. I'm assigned as a captain out here at our Advanced Learning Institute within Peace Officer Selection and Employee Development.
2: I'm uh, Correctional Sergeant Michael Ryer. I'm with the Office of Internal Affairs Allegation Investigation Unit, Southern Region.
0: Awesome. Looking forward to hearing your vantage point too from oh, yeah, from that definitely. perspective. Yeah, thanks.
3: Yeah, I'm uh, Greg Hanna Jr. I'm one of the national trainers at the Heroes Active Bicycle Training.
0: Awesome. Where are you located at?
3: Uh, so I reside just outside of Washington, D.C. So okay, i 15 awesome. minutes outside of Washington, D.C. Um, my background is primarily in law enforcement. So I uh, retired as a captain with the uh, D.C. Metro uh, for oh, 27 okay. years. So I retired a few years ago. And, uh, you I weren't joined, done working. No, no, no. But you know what? This is, is great because I still get to connect with uh, the law enforcement profession. And it's something that is vitally important to all aspects of the profession. So uh, it's 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 a rewarding experience for me. Uh, yeah. I, I got through uh, this process and into active bystandership through some partnerships that we've had in the ABLE project, which is the kind of where Heroes is evolved from. Yeah. And uh, that's the law enforcement side of it through the FBI National Academy, a graduate at the FBI National Academy. And so through that partnership is how I ended up here with the Heroes Project. Awesome. Yeah. And ABLE
0: ZIM, uh, Active Bystandership for Law Enforcement. That's a, correct. Because we love our acronyms. So yeah. That's the acronym yeah. is ABLE yeah, for all that. Gotcha. That's it. Yeah. As I yep. say, yeah, you're, you're in well company. We love our acronyms in CDCR. Yep. <laughs> yeah.
3: So I'm learning. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's a lot of them.
4: Hi, I'm Abigail Tucker, and I'm a psychologist, which I always like to say I'm off-duty. I'm not psychoanalyzing anybody here today, but my background has been working in corrections, emergency responder, and also with community mental health, and so excited to talk about uh, my passion for active bystandership, but I'm from Denver, Colorado.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you very much for making the trip out here and, uh, you know, again, providing this training for our staff. And again, that's kind of what we're hoping to dive into is again them understanding what exactly this program is and, and what it means. Um, for Captain Brown, do you want to give us some history on, you know, when training pops up, people just think it pops up out of nowhere. How long has this been in the process um, to come to fruition for us?
1: Yes, absolutely. We've been working to get this initiative in place for oh, almost two years now. Um, we did a little bit of research and we found about around 2020 or so, there was a trend going on in the law enforcement community as a whole. And a lot of agencies were implementing something called active bystandership for law enforcement. Um, and really this isn't a training, it's a, a culture shift accompanied with great training. And when we say that, it's just it's not a one and done, here's a training, okay, go back to your, your, your jobs and do your thing. It's really a cultural shift in how do we teach people how to intervene successfully despite inhibitors, things that are going on, rank dynamics, seniority, uh, diffusion of responsibilities, other barriers and things that happen. And it's universal to all classifications, right? We're not talking about just correctional officers or um, correctional staff, we're talking about our healthcare partners. Um, one of the most famous active bystandership programs ever to exist is uh, the initiative Friends Don't Let Friends Drive Drunk. Um, there's uh, various um, things, uh, active bystandership that folks uh, do in different um, capacities as far as operating rooms, um, airline industries, and stuff like that. So the history of this, this isn't uh, something we just came up with. This is something that we've been looking at. It's evidence-based. It's uh, At this point, uh, we really consider it to be like a best practice within uh, the law enforcement community. 350-plus uh, agencies are involved with the active bystandership for law enforcement uh, through to- Georgetown's universities. And uh, we're one of the first correctional agencies in the country to be implementing active bystandership. And it's really uh, an initiative, a culture shift initiative, that's in alignment with saving careers and saving lives. Um, It's for staff. It's not a whistleblower type of program. It's really a skills-based program that's going to provide people the techniques, the techniques they need to utilize to effectively intervene, to reduce harm, prevent mistakes, and uh, create a more uh, an environment that's um, better for staff wellness, right? Uh, it's a win-win all the way around. Um, it doesn't change policy per se. These are just tactics and strategies that have been proven to work, and it's really a focus on human uh, interactions, right? It's based on sociology, and there's years and years of evidence uh, that supports um, active bystandership and why people do and don't intervene in various situations. It uh, focuses on motivators. Um, your core values. Just, I'm sure there's situations that we all thought we, maybe we should have intervened, but we haven't. Um, and it's not our fault. It's just uh, the way our, our brain's wired, and there's emotional triggers, and there's a lot of variables that may prevent us from intervening, but uh, I think we all owe it to each other to uh, look out for each other, to create an environment uh, that we all want to work in. And uh, that's where the California model comes in. It's not, this isn't the California model per se. It does support the California model because one of our pillars of the California model is to create an environment um, that's better for everybody, Uh, a place that brings people satisfaction, that brings people purpose uh, and improvement in our work environment for both the population we serve and the staff we interact with. So uh, that's where we are with this initiative. So uh, we're very happy to have our colleagues over at HEROES uh, uh, partnering with us in, in HEROES. I'll let them kind of talk about what that is. Um, it's not an acronym, right? I know we love our acronyms, but it, Heroes is not an acronym. It, it's really a tribute to the staff who do uh, active bystandership, right? We're, we all be heroes and make a meaningful impact in people's lives. So, yeah, I'll turn it back to you.
0: Awesome, thank you. Um, again, it's been a over a two year process to get this to fruition for us and to to bring it in and to start with a, a corrections department. You definitely picked a good one to start with. Um, you know, it's California's prison systems are definitely unique throughout the nation, um, throughout the world, and we're really excited for having this come down. I love that you tied it into, um, for people understanding what this what this means, Tying it into the Friends Don't Let Friends Drive Drunk. Can't think of a better way to, to have people understand the, the reason why it's important other than that program. Um, so kind of turn it over to you guys and, and, again, give us kind of the history of what it is we're looking at.
4: Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so Able, ABLE, active bystandership from law enforcement, really took some social science that was developed by Dr. Irvin Staub to help us building off of your friends don't let friends drive drunk. Instead of focusing on the quote-unquote wrongdoers and really right. trying to have a, a punitive response, the focus really is for the rest of us. So what friends don't let friends drive drunk taught us is that when we shift the focus to bystanders, to people who are watching harmful behavior potentially happen and we give them permission to intervene we can really reduce harm uh, being the daughter of a firefighter i can remember when that ad campaign came out and much like we're experiencing here already um here in california and the correctional system here is that there's initial skepticism wondering yep. what we are and what <laughs> we're about and and uh we've had some fantastic feedback from the first couple of cohorts who have come through and, and taken our training, and it's been really exciting to be able to say, "Oh no, actually, this is not a snitch program. <laughs> we want to do. We want to bust that door right open and bust that myth." Yeah, yeah. So, no, but it's,
0: yeah. <laughs> we're paranoid people, <laughs>
4: right? Right, and and totally get it. And the thing about taking that social science uh, from Dr. Irvin Staub and other world-renowned psychologists and, uh, and really attorneys and advocates and people with lived experience, what ABLE showed us is that it can have an influence on in, in these cultures where there is paramilitary structure, where we know that people have really important life-saving jobs because they need to go home too. And HEROES is really about finding a way that we can reduce mistakes, prevent misconduct, and promote health and wellness And I always like to tell people, of course, I have this slant because I'm a psychologist, but I I believe it truly. (laughs) I, I see it a lot that when you invest in the health and wellness of your people, your staff, your employees, and everybody who works, you will reduce mistakes. You will reduce the rates of misconduct because people don't get into this job to do poorly. They get in this job to do good work. And we believe active bystandership plays a critical role to supplement what you're already doing for health and wellness and help people go home safely.
0: I'm glad you highlighted that. I know that I don't think I've ever come across anyone who didn't just want to do their job and do it the best they can. And that's one thing, especially in our department, um, I think any kind of confinement facility um, type of setting, you get frustrated. It's day in and day out, the same kind of an issue all the time, and it leads to frustration, and sometimes people don't know how to handle it necessarily. The mental health portion of it is is hugely critical to us. Um, Any law enforcement field, it's it's important, but it's a little bit different when you're on the street. Um, I don't have to go down that street that I've had issues with before today. Prisons, I have to walk across the same yard. I have to go in the same building. I have to walk by the same, you know, cell and, and everything else, and it does play a big role into that. Huge.
3: Yeah, you know that. Well, <clears throat> me, that wellness piece is is pretty important, and it's <clears throat> excuse me an aspect that we touch on because um, of the experiences that you have day in and day out on the job. Right. You're, yeah. you're always in this space where complacency can kick in. Um, research shows that that repeated exposure to traumatic situations can create a form of PTSD. Yeah. And if it goes unchecked, could uh, lead someone into a space where they they lead them to depression and, you know, the worst case scenario where they decide to do something or have some, some type of suicidal thoughts or things that they would not have had when they first came into the profession. And that research shows that that repeated exposure to those traumatic events can have a toll and an effect on, on anyone, whether you're on the street or whether you're uh, in an institution. And so... The great thing about HEROES and the approach is that we know genuinely people want to do the right things, and they need two things to do that. One is the skills to intervene, and the second thing is that motivation to intervene. And by changing the dynamics and the culture of how we think and how we navigate the inhibitors that we face uh, is the goal of what we're trying to do in HEROES, which is to prevent that harm. And when you look at all three of the areas that Abigail talked about, which is we call the pillars of hero, which is to reduce mistakes, um, to prevent misconduct and promote officer health and wellness, we approach it from a holistic approach. When we look at all three of those buckets or those pillars, they're all on equal plane because an un- unwellness can often lead to mistakes, and those yeah. mistakes can often lead to misconduct. And so they're interweaved. And it's all connected. Yeah, yeah. yeah. all connected together. And so you have to address all three of them. And that's a lot of the focus. And really, at the end of the day, the root of it is to prevent that harm, not just to yourself, but to your colleagues. And having that internal approach uh, to serving each other better helps us to serve our community better, helps us to serve each other. And that community is not just those outside of an institution. That community is also inside the employees. The employees are a community. Yeah, Um, definitely. Yeah, so if we can do that for each other, which we do so well in the profession anyway, um, it helps to change that that culture. And it's not easy. It's not going to be an easy process. Uh, But but you will get there eventually. And and that's the goal and that's the hope.
0: Yeah, and that's, you know, I I know I've I've seen it firsthand sometimes where staff are just, they're in their emotions, we call it, you know. They're in their emotions dealing with a situation. And I've seen a lot of people pull them away and be like, hey, I got this. Let me handle this for you. Let me take over and deal with it. And sometimes the staff that gets pulled away, get, you know, even more angry sometimes at the staff member that pulled them away, not realizing. But there's usually a thank you later, like, hey, sorry about them. And I kind of lost my cool a little bit. And, you know, it didn't lead to an incident. We were able to, to de-escalate everything and, and go through it. But it's it's important to highlight that, that it's not just the – there's a lot that goes behind it. If, if there is a mistake made and I could have prevented it, but I didn't, now there's an investigation. Now there's – other things that go on on top of what you may or may not have going on on the outside in your in your family life as well now you start worrying about your job being in jeopardy that unfortunately seen it lead down that path of you know suicide ideation or yeah. a full completion of it it's it's you know terrible that it led that way when just a simple intervention could have could have prevented it
4: one of the things i like that you stated there is highlighting that we talk about there's a couple of different skill sets that we talk about in the training uh, We active bystandership is a skill that can be learned but it helps to have permission it helps to have yeah. culture and it helps to have the skills to do it but you said the word staff and that I can't harp on that enough it's Already in my, my time um, with y'all, I, I've been really impressed about the level of integrity and commitment that people have, bring to the work they do, but it's been cool to see all the diversity of staff. So intentionally in hearing that, we've cultivated a training that's really focused on all staff because you all, it, it takes everybody that you have. I think you mentioned it earlier, right? There's the tree trunk and then yep. you have all these branches of different types of staff and it takes everybody. So we're excited about that part and because what we know is that the power of everybody working together is going to be much more effective than any one person, one job, one institution even. There's intentionality with really making sure that all institutions are moving this, including parole. Um, Really uh, it was great to get to meet some of the parole officers this week and get their input and how do we help them because active bystandership, one of the a couple of the myths that also came up in our couple of sessions that we've had so far have been, um, how long is this training? And so it's a it's a eight hour training. But I get really excited to tell people. But that's just one time. Eight hours the base training. So once everybody gets the eight hour training, then it's a two hour annual refresher after that. And what's helpful about that dedicated time, what we want to be helpful about it, what we know and we see is helpful about that dedicated time is the space and intentionality to get to, I know that you all want to come here and do great work. I know y'all want to have each other's backs. I know you want to go all home safe. And I know just as the example you just described, that this does happen already. It's not as if It's not as if California Corrections does not already have this as part of, it exists. We want to put names to it. We want to put science behind it. And then we want to bolster people's skills. So if you do see something that you know you want to intervene on, we want you to feel confident and competent to do that. Because it's really hard. It is hard.
0: It's difficult. You've got seniority. um, You've got rank. You've got different classifications. You've got people that don't fall under your chain of command, so we have a lot of stuff that kind of sit there, like, oh, I don't know if I should intervene. That's that's medical,
4: right? Yeah. I,
0: they're not yeah. my chain of command, so mm-hmm. it kind of turns into it's not it's not my problem.
4: Yes, yeah, you that's know, a common. And even though
0: I'm on I'm on camera, mm-hmm. possibly I have a body worn camera, I've got AVSS above me, the audio video surveillance, I've got that recording, and I didn't intervene, and I lean back on well, not my department, and that's so. When it comes to issues like that you know how does the training address that for staff like if it is a higher rank than me doing something who am i to stop my supervisor or that person's supervisor or even higher rank what gives me the authority to step in between them and what's what's going on
1: yeah
4: yeah well, well and well, go ahead Michael. i was going to
2: say um you know what i like captain brown mentioned uh, is a culture shift and that's exactly what this class kind of entails in a sense because um, it's about like, for example, when I first got the email about this training, didn't really know what it was, read the information. I thought, okay, I'm going to, I'm just, I'm T for T. I'm going to sign up for it. Um, and I'm going to go take the class and see what it's all about. You know, um,
0: you were just, you were curious.
2: Yeah, totally. <laughs> and plus being OIA, there's, uh, you know, everybody's busy and because I am T for T and I'm one of the, uh, staff members that is T for T. I try to take every training that I can get because I wanna you know, be utilized if ever need to be, um, especially if somebody's, you know, people take vacations, et cetera. So I wanted to be available for that. But one of the things I've liked uh, about the training, we're on day two now, is that there are certain facets of um, this training that are reiterated in other trainings that we get. We get implicit bias training, we get suicide awareness, and some of the topics or the main key points of those trainings are reiterated in this training. The difference is, is that this training gives us a much deeper level of training, more in-depth, and gives us more tools on our essential tool yeah. belt. We already get training on doing the right thing. If you see something, say something. You know, your partners, maybe the, maybe the situation is escalating instead of de-escalating. Hey, partner, I got this. Right. We already do that to some degree this type of training tells us specifically more how and the why and backs it up with fact-based evidence based on sociology (laughs) experiments that are time proven. It's just on human behavior. And human behavior, it takes a long time for human behavior to change. Decades. And even sometimes two or three decades go and there still is minimal. We're always making strives forward. Always. But it, it just takes time. It's one of those things. And that's why these trainings are so important. And the, the, uh, the training itself is going to be evolutionary. You know, it's, it might change because culture shifts, um, you know, that everything changes. And our mentality as a department is changing to a certain degree. And this is just a great overall, um, like I said, it's, a, it's another tool on our, on our tool belt. Yep. And and um, the, at the basic level, it's just about doing the right thing for staff, and that's staff. Period. It's not custody. It's not medical. It's we're we're all on the same team, and this yep. is this is about just looking out for one another. And you know, we already talk about we get training on doing things and squashing things at the at the basic lowest level possible. Well, this is the ultimate tool to do that. Nice. That's great. So,
0: yeah. So you're you're. You went from, I'm not sure what this training is, but if training I'm willing to go to, mm-hmm. to uh, genuinely, I feel like believing that this is a program that has immense value to, to our staff inside.
2: Yeah, definitely. And, and I think one of the key notes about the training is that as long as you are coming from a place of empathy, that you really are genuinely concerned for this person, or even if, you know, if I notice something in you, but I don't know you that well, but I know Captain Brown has a good relationship with you. I'm going to talk to him and say, Hey man, I've noticed these things. I I don't know him as well as you. Maybe you could talk to him. And that's a a simple, basic level. I mean, that's human nature in general. Yeah. You know, outside of CDCR, that's you, you got a friend, a, a neighbor somebody who some, something maybe looks a little off or a little strange. Wouldn't yeah. why wouldn't you?
0: Yeah, we always reach out why to somebody who knows better. Why wouldn't you say?
2: Yeah, why wouldn't yeah. you either reach out to somebody who knows, or just directly? Hey Bob, I, I noticed uh, you know you're not mowing your lawn as much on Saturdays anymore. Your lawn's getting out of hand. You're looking like you know whatever the case may be. <laughs> dog, but, about, you know, dog like dog why, for yeah, exactly. <laughs> Get on so, it, Bob. Right? <laughs> but, yeah, <laughs> but it, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Is it's just. At the simplest level, that's really what we're talking about. We're just talking about looking out for one another yeah. and giving each other a deeper level of fact-based knowledge as to why we should be doing this and why we shouldn't feel bad about, I mean, hey, worst case, if I think I see something and I talk to you about it and you tell me I'm wrong, what's the harm? Yeah. As long as no harm or foul came out of that situation and the, this training teaches you timing, when to speak to them, how to speak to them. As long as you're coming from that empathetic that's level, probably the which, hardest, you know, that's probably
0: the hardest part for for yeah, people. Mm-hmm. Are when's the right time? It's kind of like merging lanes. I don't just swerve right. over and you know, you know I don't <laughs> just swerve <laughs> yeah. over and, and, right. and right. hope right. for the best. Yeah, yeah. Turn yeah. I, and look yeah at the turn and the look. time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've got <laughs> other right. options. i got mirrors. I can. Got, got a blinker. Right. I can use yeah. that. Even though most that's people a cut great you off
2: the blinker, I like that. You know,
0: I don't just swerve lanes. I want to look look for that opportunity. So those those tools are taught in the program as well. Like how to do it. Well, I what's think the I'm going to steal time? that. Actually, I'm yeah, going right to steal ahead. that. Steal like, it's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> I might need to write some notes that yeah. I, prob- right? I probably heard it <laughs> from somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. I stole it from somebody else. Well, yeah. well, to to
3: your point, um, Michael. Like one of the things that we talked about and you experienced yesterday is we we introduce a um, time based uh, framework model of when to intervene. Right. We we really dive into all right. When are those opportunities? To, to really intervene when you see some type of harm emerging. And so we introduce the students to this time-based model and we look at uh, how that relates to harm that's inflicted and the damage that's caused. So in other words, the further the event goes, the l- longer or it is to try to intervene and the more damage that's done. It's, it's always an opportunity and we show where those opportunities are even as the event is unfolding or that harm is emerging. So we focus a lot on the different times. We focus on before the event, right? When something is starting to happen or you're noticing some things that are happening within yourself, what's happening mm-hmm. with your colleagues, what's happening physiologically with yourself. Yeah. What are those mm-hmm. things do you identify early on that the person that's experiencing that 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 thing that's they're happening? Kinda, that they're kind of tuned out
0: to it, yeah, but, yeah, you're, exactly. but you're seeing it. Exactly. Yeah. You're
3: seeing it. And so, all right, I see this happening in my colleague. I see he or she is getting a little worked up. Um, maybe this is a great time for me to just kind of tap them out or kind of distract the situation from happening. But sometimes situations occur, and now the event is starting. And so we look at early in the event, all right, the the situation is starting. There's still great opportunity there. So you can try to prevent that or derail that situation from happening. We introduce a lot of framework in that space. And then, of course, we get later on into the event where now – the situation is, is now happening. Uh, it's in the middle of it. So how do you approach that? What are some of the techniques that you can use now that you're later in the event, the harm is a little bit is a little bit more? And then uh, we also dive into after the event because even though something may have happened, some harm may have been created, there's still opportunities right. afterwards. And so we...
4: That's, that's t- pivotal for
0: yes. people to understand.
3: Yeah, huge. And there are opportunities to still do a recap or... or A debrief like we used to call it um, and how you can try to minimize that situation from happening again. Um, So it's great that you talk about that in the class and that you're gaining that from the class. And that's, I mean, that's just a small slither. I mean, we really get into uh, the nuts and bolts of of intervening and those times that you can intervene, those time-based intervention opportunities are, are important. We often teach how to intervene uh, well, we also teach that you, you have a duty to intervene, right? There's policies, mm-hmm. procedures, things of right. that nature. But we don't also necessarily at the basic level teach how to intervene and navigate the inhibitors that you may face. And those inhibitors that we talk about is rank and mm-hmm. gender roles and, you know, all of these different things. Fear. I mean, fear is a huge inhibitor. And so we really teach how to navigate those and then apply some of the framework in those situations where you have someone that's resistant of the intervention and how that relates to time-based uh, so,
0: opportunities. So in the, in the training, um, is it only as far as intervening when it comes to our incarcerated population, or does it go across the board with, if I'm having a bad interaction with another another staff member or someone from a diff- different classification or higher rank, I'm having an argument, It does it correlate to that as well for, for staff?
4: So glad you asked that question, yeah. So, and that has come up and great feedback for us is to really clarify that actually HEROES is really about peer to peer, employee to employee, staff to staff. Now for us that absolutely includes people of higher rank. Oh, I, I work in healthcare, you work in classifications, oh, I work in corrections, you work, you know, over here in, in investigations. So, you know, for us at HEROES, we're all working together fantastic hey of our if the skills that we're talking about in heroes help people when they are working with incarcerated persons great uh, that is a wonderful byproduct but our actual intention is that this is a peer-based model where people are using it to help each other in the work that they do go home safely reduce those mistakes and i think the other thing i want to highlight is that when when greg talked about the fear right as an inhibitor i always like to highlight that one of the things that i love about working in corrections is this culture of courage to have each other's back to do really hard work really hard work yeah and we really want to take that courage that we know already exists in the workforce and we want to use it we want to play on its strength to say okay so jeremy are you going to be courageous enough to tell me i got spinach in my teeth and that's a really just funny example <laughs> that's right it's a great example but that's if, a great we all had it right you you sit together with people you work all day long you go home and you look in the mirror and you think oh my gosh yeah. how long has that been yeah. there
0: yeah no one told me there's a mustard stain on my shirt like, <laughs> totally. thanks guys right. thanks a lot, I walked around man. with that all day right. all
4: day man right. yeah. right. and and and, and, and at, at every level right at every level we want to say why would i not if my and I work together why would I not want to make sure that he hears something that could help him not make a mistake again or avoid a mistake or not go down that wrong path because it turns out that it's not because Mike is a bad person it's because he's a human and I want him to have my back the same way so it's using that courage actually one of the other common things that we heard is people kept asking us well where's the training that we're going to be taking to the incarcerated persons and it was a great clarifier of like, oh no, that that's not what this is. Again, if it has a byproduct to help the work that that people do, that's fantastic. I of course think active bystandership can help everything, but okay. it's really to help. It's really an investment in the workforce to help them elevate it, and
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, I love it. Um, yeah, I would love nothing more than for Mike to be bored and OIA to be sitting around yes. doing nothing. I really, I would yeah. love it if OIA Office of Internal Affairs for people wanting the acronym. Um, we're bored at work and not having yeah. to investigate staff misconduct or, you know, a staff altercation on staff that, that led down a, a path and, and now, you know, you've put in jeopardy your, your livelihood. It's um, It happens here and there. And I know every industry in the world has, has had it happen. True. Um, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, it's not just a corrections thing. It's not just a California Department of Corrections thing. Yeah, um,
4: it, It's not, but, like, dare to dream, right? Dare right. to dream mm-hmm. for a day where it's not just that Mike and in, in his department – our board but that it becomes such the standard and the cultural shift to your point, right? Mm-hmm. That generational yeah. shift yeah. that those financial resources are mm-hmm. redirected back to staff wellness, redirected back in a way that helps continue to help build the integrity yeah. and the strength of the people who work here. Like that it obviously gets me real excited and I was just thinking, Mike, as you were talking, mm-hmm. you know, it, for the listeners to know, I, I think we tapped on his shoulder. He just took this training yesterday. We yeah. tapped on his shoulder
0: about an hour yeah, Mike ago. did not know hours ago that this was going to no, be happening. an hour ago. Go, excuse me, Mr. No. can you come with me, please? So I'm yeah. like, oh <laughs> It's no. like, what no, did do? Hey, how did it feel? You need to come with us. He's like,
4: going to do an active bystandership on us yeah. about how we totally dropped this on him about an hour ago. So to hear you talking about the training just a Mm -hmm. day like my co-founders Karen Collins Rice and Joel Mm -hmm. DeVoskin are going to be over the moon to hear because to put you on the spot the eight hours did it feel like eight hours was it boring that was
2: one of the amazing things yesterday I even was talking to a friend of mine yesterday after the training and like we're like how how, how's the training and I said actually it was it was really quick it didn't seem like an eight-hour day Um, you know so that's that's nice when you know we've had some great conversations group conversations really engaging stuff fact-based stuff clarifications on how this is applicable why this is applicable those interweaving threads that you know make it all plausible and why you know and at the at the basic level we we already do this day in day out we've all been that experienced housing unit officer or yard staff and you got a new boot who's fresh out of the academy and he's starting to do a pat down and it's going to go all bad you yeah. know and you know we may not we may let him complete we we stand by and you know we got his back and then as soon as he's done we just might pull a next time do, do this or this yeah. you know so to some degree we already do what bystandership is all about at yeah. the basic level it's just now with the the um, culture shift that captain browns talking about we're now more it's an open forum for discussion it's not so much maybe on the, the back side where hey it's just you and I talking about it. Now we're talking about it as a group. Yeah. You and know? It's not
0: even that the employee did something wrong, like they might just Right. Because especially for new staff or even senior staff that just haven't done certain functions mm-hmm. in a while. Yeah. You're it's not, not the way, it's a way. Yeah, you're so, not <laughs> right, you're not reading right, the room. Right. Well did said. you did you notice mm-hmm. you know, the grocery person tensing up and doing this? I wasn't even aware of that. That's yeah. so that's all part of it too as well, you know, just mm-hmm. Again, highlighting, like, hey, that could have gone south because of this. Yeah. yeah you know?
3: And to complement that, we, we have uh, videos that we incorporate into that interactive mm-hmm. piece of oh, the curriculum ahead. that are, you know, obviously germane to the correction environment. And so it's one thing to talk about it. Uh, the other thing is to show it visually and what it looks like mm-hmm. and, and what how to identify those things in the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we find that to be a real asset to the the training in and of itself um and i don't know mike i don't know how you how you felt about them but Mm -hmm. we've been getting a lot of good feedback uh from students thus far about uh, how that plays into what you do sure and uh and how important that is in that identification process what we found at least I, i know we've been talking about it here as a team over the last few weeks now is that there's these aha moments that start to mm-hmm. come into play Yeah, where you come in and it's Love it's those like, moments. Yeah, love those moments. When you so see the yeah. light bulb
0: go on, you're like, oh, yeah. I got it.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you go from, what is this? Like, why am I here? Why is this important um, for me and for my colleague in my career to, oh, I get it. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about it is is that folks find that there are threads of training that you've already had mm-hmm. incorporating the skills that you already have right. and now packaging them into meaningful framework with muscle memory, right? Yeah. You know how the training that folks do all the time, every year, annually, just things yep. you don't have to think about. You just do it. And so this becomes that tool where you just do it. One component that we talk about is the intervention techniques, but the other important component that complements that is creating an environment.
2: That makes that intervention acceptable.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
2: And another great part about this training is, like staff suicide awareness, it's something that you. It's not just limited to when you're working behind the wall or, or wherever your you know your place of employment is, regardless of whether you're you know OIA at you, wherever. It's applicable outside of work as well because if you have if you notice something in a family member, or a friend, or what have you. Where you're noticing these things it gives you these tools to be able to approach them and talk to them about something that may be going on in their life that maybe had you not said hey how's it going today is everything okay maybe that might have became a, a suicide awareness topic so it's it's all reverts back to the sl- the lowest level of of just conversation just you know, to see what's going on and make sure, hey, maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I see. No, so I'd let's talk about it.
0: I love that. You know, there's, there's a lot of our training that doesn't, um, doesn't apply outside of, mm-hmm. of our work environment. Um, baton training, this is an example. Mm-hmm. Awesome, you're an amazing baton, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. you're great at it. It has no bearing when I'm at home, yeah. no bearing. But a program like this, I could definitely see value mm-hmm. in that, especially teaching you know, our youth that it's not wrongdoing that they're doing, but they're observing it at school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They're observing it in their neighborhood or whatever else going on. So that's great education. That's great for something that can apply outside the walls as well. Yeah, Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, again, I want to thank you guys for um, traveling out here. You came all the way across the United States for yeah. us. Mm-hmm. Um, how's our weather, though, compared to DC? Oh, C. it's
3: phenomenal it's right better. now. <laughs>
0: You came in like the best time right now, too. It's like perfect outside.
3: Yeah, yeah. I've been getting out at night uh, walking and even in the daytime. I mean, it's it's been phenomenal. So, I mean, the weather's not too bad now. It was very hot on the East Coast this summer, but uh, I'm enjoying it, and I'll be back out here again. Uh, over the next few months uh, working with the fantastic folks so I'm going to get to enjoy this weather as we go into the fall right. months too so right. we'll get you to migrate to right here
0: yeah, yeah. we have we'll no get problems
4: having our national instructors yeah. sign up to come out People and truly not only because California is a beautiful state but because to be, to be a part of working with the state of California it's, it's a real honor we have national instructors with correctional experience who are excited to bring their passion for active bystandership but it says a lot Mike what you stated it it takes a culture well the culture of you all to say this is important and let's bring it here it's making our jobs easy
0: yeah. well and I'm excited down the road too for our staff one day to be part of the program and go to other states as well to, to teach them because again California is a mm-hmm. it's a unique prison system so I think that would have that would be great for staff as well
1: yeah Just yeah, one other thing to add as we come to the closing here uh, I just want to commend the department both cdcr and cchcs for supporting this initiative um i know one thing's for sure right if nothing changes nothing changes and as we move toward enhancing our profession in our environment and realigning the things we do to create an organizational transformation um i'm just very humbled and appreciative of the opportunity to uh, work with these our heroes partners as well as um all the other staff and different classifications, both on the CDCR and CCHCS side. Um, this is an effort worthwhile because our most important resource is staff, and uh, there's going to be a lot of uh, elements of the organization that benefit from an initiative like this. So um, happy to provide the resources and the training, and uh, I know there's some other things in the works. And uh, you know, this is r- truly a generational effort to leave the environment better than what you know what we found it in uh, when we started. I've been doing this almost 20 years, and. Uh, I just, uh, I know the agency's committed to moving forward and uh, progressing, so.
0: Definitely, Definitely. and again, you know, again, thank you, because I, when I first transferred down to this unit, we were still, ABLE was new, we were talking about it coming down the road, and we weren't sure when it was going to happen, so thank you, Captain Brown, for your efforts to make sure we get the program here and, and go through it, and again, thank you so much for coming out here to train our staff on new techniques, new tools that can affect not just their work life, but their home life as well. Um, but thank you all. And Mike, thank you for, for being pulled into an interview that you weren't, yeah. you didn't know about ahead of time, but, um, yeah, you know, no again, problem. thank you.
2: Yeah. I do want to, uh, thank, thank everybody for, uh, selecting me. I mean, it's a large class and a diverse amount of experience and everything. So I, I feel honored that you guys selected me. So I appreciate the time and, and the, uh, the consideration to to be here today and talk to you guys about it. I well, awesome. Appreciate it.
4: Our yeah, pleasure. Thank it. you. Yeah, no, thank yes. you thank all you so very much,
0: much again. Yeah.